Hello, America. Welcome to the uh, program. We have uh, Shaq on Kobe. And, you know, what what sense can we make out of uh, all of this? Also, the Corona beer virus, which is the big search (laughs) on Google for people like, what's that? Can I get that from drinking beer? No, you can't. We have the latest on that. And the most important thing at this point to prepare for, because we don't know how to prepare um, physically, but there is a devastating uh, factor that nobody's talking about, and that is the effect on the global economy and growth on the economy. They're shutting down whole cities, including the steel industry, the biggest in the world, is now shut down, the steel mills. So there's no steel coming out, and there's, there's possibly nothing, no cargo containers coming from uh, China to Costco. Uh, there's some some real ramifications about that. What the FBI really knew about the Virginia rally, it's stunning. And how is the Iowa uh, race going to stack up and what does it mean for the convention? Not to mention a great story about a veteran who had a, a collector's item and what happened with it will blow you away. Now, so look, I, I will say this. It's not the type of the collector's item we're talking about when we're talking about Nancy Pelosi's SucksPen.com. No, it's much bigger. The pen is much bigger. Much more. I think it's going to be worth much more than this in a few years. I mean, the fact that they're selling them so cheaply is almost incredible. I mean, this is the time to get in. I can't believe they're available. (laughs) I can't believe they're available either. They actually (laughs) are. That's sincere. I know. (laughs) Uh, That is the number one question everyone asks. Imagine if this was real. They are. Uh, Go to NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. It's the commemorative Nancy Pelosi sucks impeachment pen looks just like the pen that she used to sign the impeachment except it also includes the word sucks next door name here's the podcast you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program so last night tnt just Went onto the the floor of um, of the arena, and there was no game that was played, and they decided just to talk about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, which is kind of a cool thing, as you mentioned. The Clippers and Lakers were supposed to play. The game got canceled, uh, and they decided to just talk about it. Uh, you know, of course, one of the people on the broadcast is Shaquille O'Neal, and Shaq. Uh, it was interesting to hear him talk about it because it's been well known for a very long time that they butted heads a lot, Shaq and Kobe. They were te- teammates, won three straight championships, uh, wound up, you know, kind of at each other's throats at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least uh, at least that was the public perception of everything. Uh, so here he is talking about uh, Shaquille O'Neal talking about uh, Kobe and, and the way we all live our lives. We, uh, we up here, we work a lot. And I think a lot of times we, we, we take stuff for granted. Like I don't talk to you guys much as I, much as I need to. The fact that uh, we're not going to be able to joke at his Hall of Fame ceremony. We're not going to be able to say, "Hi, I got five, you got four. The fact that we're not going to be able to say, "If we would stay together, we could have got 10." Those are the things that you, you can't get back. And with the loss of my father, my sister, and my thing, that's the only thing I wish I could just say something to him again. Last time I talked to him was when we were here and I asked him to get 50 and he got 60. It's the last time I spoke to him. And I just wish I could have, you know, so it, it definitely changes me. I have to 
Because I work a lot. You, you, you guys know what I do. I, I, I work probably more than the average guy, but I just really have to now just take time and just call and say, I love you. Rick Fox called, finally called me and said, man, I love you. B. Shaw called me. So I'm going to try to do a better job of just reaching out and just talking to the people rather than always procrastinating because you never know. Life is too short. I never, I could never imagine nothing like this. I can't relate to Kobe Bryant because I never watched him. I'm not a basketball fan. I'm not a sports fan. And so I, I didn't relate to this at all on Monday. Um, and the closest thing I could come to it is my weird uh, response to Don Imus. Don Imus was a guy that I respected because I listened to him. Long before I knew Don, I listened to him. And he was a, he was a giant, and he was, he was, he was an innovator. The thing I've learned about Kobe Bryant is his relentless dedication to excellence. He wasn't trying to play a good basketball game. He was trying to play a perfect game. And in today's world, you don't see that. In today's world, you, you see somebody in sports, from my perspective, you're watching from afar, and you don't really know. the. And all you know is this guy was accused of rape in 2003. But you don't know how he really appeared to completely turn his life around. You don't see his devotion to his family and his daughters. I wanted to play that clip today because I thought it was really important. I'm glad I said all the things I did to Don Imus. I'm glad I said the things I did to my dad. I've been thinking about my Aunt Joanne every day for, I don't know, months, months. And I feel guilty. Because I haven't called her. And every time I call her, it's like a holiday or something like that. And I literally have been thinking about her every day. And there's that stupid thing. I'll call her tomorrow. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I hate it. And I know that it's wrong. And I've, I've, I've lived this before. And I don't know why. But I just, I got a call because I'll live the rest of my life. Should she die, God forbid. And I don't know why we do this. And I don't know why we don't recognize. I guess it's because they're just always there. 
yesterday there was a bright spot in the Twitter world. Can you even say that? Less hellish than usual. But the number one trend last night was hashtag girl dad. And in a world where everyone has said, oh, guys don't matter. Guys don't matter. Men don't matter. Women don't need men. Girl power, girl power, girl power. Yeah, in this environment, I kind of assumed girl dad was just like, girls can be dads too. That's kind of what I, that's <laughs> yeah. where I thought they were going to go with it. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. And it was inspired by Kobe and his daughter and how much he loved his daughter. You know, he was asked recently in an interview, because she was a basketball player, how many times do you go out and practice a week? And he looked at the interviewer kind of like he was from an, another planet, and he laughed and he said, every day, seven days a week, we're out every night. We practice every night. And when I heard that, I thought, what do I do every night with my kids? I mean, I consider myself a pretty good dad. I made, I made mistakes the first time around, big mistakes. But I've done really hard work to try to turn that around. And I've done it with my younger kids. I love, I love cooking with my daughter Hannah or doing something in art with my daughter Hannah. She is a, she's a brilliant mind. She's, she knows how to write. She knows how to edit. She knows how to um, do design. She really is an amazing cook. And she is also somebody who does her own homework and researches things and then knows what she believes and why she believes it. And I love that. I love just hanging out with her, and I don't do it enough. I love just hanging out with my daughter Mary, and I don't do it enough. My daughter Mary is one of the spiritual giants in my life. I don't know anybody else who is like this. She has such clarity on things. And sometimes it's hard to get to because she had strokes, and so she has a hard time with language. And so it's, it's for a dad, especially now you have four kids. I have four kids. I don't know how to be a good dad and give everyone the time they need, plus do all of the work. I don't know how to do it. But it takes, there's no such thing as quality time. It's just time. My daughter, Cheyenne, oh my gosh, she's funny. She's, she's Lucille Ball. She's just this funny, funny girl and just full of joy. She wants to be an actress. I'm doing everything I can to say no. Um, every night I read her stories about uh, Weinstein. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but... And there's something different about being a dad of a girl. There is a... I don't know. It's a... 
It's just a different bond. And I see Kobe. And I see all that he did with his kids. And I see how he, he left the court. And just, he didn't center his life on business. He didn't center his life. He had the luxury of not having to do that. But how many of us are lost in other things? Or we say we're going to do it tomorrow. Or we're just too tired. Life is so precious. And the one thing that maybe somebody like me who's who didn't grow up looking at sports figures that you can take from Kobe Bryant is relentless relentless pursuit of excellence not just in his job but in his family and especially with his children the best of the Glenn Beck program Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Look at this live shot from Los Angeles or this shot from Los Angeles where, um, you know, the tribute is happening for Kobe Bryant. And there's, I mean, there's, you know, a minute of silence around, you know, different communities. They're doing all kinds of stuff. I haven't seen this Maybe since Michael Jackson, Elvis, but what sports figure do you recall getting this kind of adulation and mm. ending? I mean, I think this might be the first sports figure that I've seen that mm-hmm. has had kind of that pop, you know, king of pop, king of rock and roll, Princess Diana kind of send off or reaction. I think mm-hmm. yeah, there's two factors there. One I think is the tragic death, right? It's not the yeah. it's not, you know, the old age or disease yeah. or even like it's a it's tragic sudden. sudden thing where people still sort of he hadn't disappeared from the public eye. Right. right. I mean he right, was still right. around. That's one. I think two is LA. I mean, you know, uh was it last year or the year before Roy Halliday, uh who I know you're a huge fan of, Glenn. Love Roy. Um uh died and loved him. Now he was like one of my all time favorite players. How old uh, was he? Uh forty three three okay. something like that um he was a great pitcher for the toronto blue jays later mm-hmm. for the phillies one of the be- one of the most underrated pitchers of all time hall of famer like unbelievable but and he died in a plane crash and there was like there was kind of what you would almost expect right, right. like espn noted it was very sad and, mm-hmm. and it was you mm-hmm. know it hit me hard because it was one of my mm-hmm. favorite players but mm-hmm. you know it wasn't like this this is la he's a massive superstar and certainly he's a bigger you know it was a bigger right. figure uh, so I, you know, that's that's seemingly it, and he was he was so beloved by L.A. I mean, he really was, and of course, this is where so much of the media is. So I think uh, you know that's what's the outweigh the bigger impact of that. You know, I mean, and it just seemed like a good guy. Like you got to that point where you really started rooting for him, even if you hated him as a player. I was not a huge fan of those Lakers championship teams, uh, but he became won people over. 
uh, for over a long time, and it's that it was shocking. So go back to this. Is this the first kind of? I can't think of king one. of rock I mean, and roll, you, king of pop kind of sports to, like, figure. Back in the day, there was probably like Thurman Munson, right? Like you'd go back way back, and you could find some that that the guy were, from the Monsters. Yes, the guy from the Monsters. All right. Uh, <laughs> why would the guy's last name, if it was Munson, be the guy from the Monsters? That doesn't make any sense. It wasn't based on a real story. I don't know. There's lots of different reasons. Yeah, no, there's there's been a few of these things. I mean. The, there's, but not, I mean, I can't think of like anything. black and white days, right? Yeah, you're, like, yeah, you're going like way Lou Gehrig. Pat, and... Pat, you should be able to anything that you can think of on this level. I mean, I'm sure uh, I'm missing something. I mean, like you think of O.J. Simpson, right? In yeah, a totally was, different way. Yeah, yeah but like that, that was people on the bridge die. just going, "Hey, slice another throat." <laughs> right? Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was a weird moment that was in a our history. Weird moment. But I mean, that one was oh, oh my gosh, this guy who is beloved superstar in the same level as Kobe for sure, uh, who. Mm-hmm. You know, his life blew up in front of our eyes. Well, he was still kind of, again, in the public eye, doing commercials, you know, doing movies. You know, Kobe just won, what, was it an Oscar or a Grammy? No, yeah, or both? I don't know, something. He was for, I think he won an, was Oscar an Oscar and a Grammy. Was it both? I, yeah. think so. I know an Oscar was the, for a short uh-huh. film. Yeah. I mean, he was very much in the public eye still. So that yeah. just shocking end on just some random day that you don't expect it is, like, incredible. Yeah, I can't think of anybody at this magnitude I, in sports. No, I don't think so. I think it's a first. Yeah, I think it's a first. All right, um, let me so let me switch uh, to uh, people who are not excelling uh, for excellence, and that's anybody in Washington D.C., uh, especially those members of Congress and uh, and the Senate. Um, yesterday, the House impeachment trial, uh, the Dem- the Republicans finished their closing arguments. So now we're in this really cool place where anything can happen it's anything can happen day where the senators get to now submit questions to both sides and say you said this what about this i have a question about this um they can't speak which is a blessing i wish that was a blanket on all of them at (laughs) all time every day every day yeah um but they can't speak uh at least while the "Quote unquote court is in in session." John Roberts reads all the questions. Reads all the questions um, and gives them the answers. But also now comes the time where they decide on additional witnesses. Mitch McConnell said last night he doesn't have the votes to stop new witnesses, which I think is actually a good thing because I think it makes John Bolton's book worthless. Everybody in Simon and Schuster, I'm sure, are like, "Oh no, he can't testify. He can't testify because his book will be old news." And what's better mm-hmm. is he will have been, he will have said it. It will have been questioned thoroughly. You know, the 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 uh, Trump lawyers are not going to let him just say those things like CNN would let him say those things. They will ask real tough questions. So it will be questioned the way it should be. And it will be old news. And, and by the way, it will be followed by almost definitely an acquittal. Right. So like you have the the, the charges get brought up. You have an acquittal. It's going to be very easy. Again, this is just another strategy, but like I'd much rather have him up there. Yeah. Let him get questioned by actual attorneys mm-hmm. that instead of like, you know, a fawning it. media tour. Correct. And then it, it's over. You have an acquittal. You have an, a, a, an end to the process. Yep. You can all say, look, this was already litigated. Yeah. We, this is, he's already been acquitted on these charges. Right. And then you doesn't have, matter. Yeah, and if he adds anything news. new, then he looks like a liar. <laughs> I mean, why didn't you say that in court? From a purely you know, I mean, strategy standpoint, I would I would want I and, do too. And, and think about it from the opposite side too. If you're a Democrat, let's say they block him, 
right? You're able to say, that's first of all, that's your best. They're blocking. They're blocking all our witnesses. Wait, they don't mm-hmm. even let this guy talk. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. Mm-hmm. Then they weren't looking for truth. Right. Then the thing's over. So you get to complain about process the whole time. Yep. Then the book comes out anyway. The story comes out anyway. Then they all get to go on a fawning media tour where every single claim he makes is taken without any questioning. Yep. And it winds up going into the public mm-hmm. anyway. And what's the point of this? They're not looking to get a conviction and removal. They're looking to get political points scored. And yeah. they're going to get a lot more of them with the book later on. So now here's the question. Who do you want? And they said, you know, Chuck Schumer said, there's no negotiation. Really? Because you, you don't have the votes. You don't have the votes to stop negotiation. <laughs> if you get one, I think America would feel it's only right the other side gets one. And I want to hear from really two people. One, the whistleblower, and two, Hunter Biden. But Hunter Biden may actually backfire, not because he doesn't have something to say, but he is such a pathetic, pathetic human in his life right now, where he's just, everybody knows how screwed up he is. They know all of this. Um, But he might be able to pull off some sort of a sympathy thing where it could backfire. The one that really can't, because he's a godlike figure to us now, is the whistleblower. And there's a lot the whistleblower can tell us. Except for the fact is, nobody knows who he is. <laughs> really? No one knows his name. I've yeah. seen really? his name printed. No like, one knows wow. Eric Sharmella's name. Nobody. nobody. Yeah. Nobody knows it's nobody. really weird that Eric Sharmella has been so, mm-hmm. you know, ambiguous, so, yeah, so invisible, uh-huh. so out there yet not. I wish we knew Eric Sharmella's name. Too. But we don't. We don't. We don't. That's sad. That's sad. Wasn't it printed? It was not redacted in forms and released by these committees. Uh, it was in the Mueller report. Uh, but I mean, we nobody know, we who, know he who he is. I don't see how it could be. <laughs> we know who he is. And there's a reason that uh, uh, Adam Schiff said at the beginning, we have to hear from him. We have to hear from him. And then once it was realized, oh, crap, we can knit him together on a hundred different things. Then he didn't even know who it was. I don't, I've never even met him. <laughs> I don't even know. Guy. I don't I know who he is. is. So, Amazing. So, so who do you want? I think I'd rather have the whistleblower as well. Because, Me I mean, too. it's hard to, it's going to be hard to get anything uh, worse out of Hunter Biden. Like, you can get him to answer some questions, but the people's perception, even on the left, Basically, their argument is, well, Biden wasn't trying to help him, but yeah, he was a dirtbag. Like, that's that's the left's argument on him. Uh, so what are you going to get out of him? Everyone kind of knows he was corrupt. Everyone kind of knows he has massive problems. And he may very well. I mean, he's an educated guy. Uh, he's done media interviews before where he hasn't looked terrible. He may come off better than the actual perception of Hunter Biden at this point. Still, though, um, you're putting him I under would like Again, like from a person who yeah. wants the truth perspective, mm-hmm. right? I, you know, I want to know the truth, I, so I want him up there because I want these questions asked. But I, from a strategic I mean, perspective, it may be better to go the other way. See, I want both because, one, the whistleblower will, will tie in the State Department, the intelligence community, and the whole corruption of Adam Schiff. I mean, that will— It's huge. It, yeah, if he will testify truthfully under oath, which I'm not sure he will. I'm sure he won't. Yeah, Most but, <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, you can make a very strong case on all of the stuff that we have made. I mean, it's, a, it's an open and shut case. The, the, the documents prove who this whistleblower is and what acts he has to grind. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see not just Hunter, but Joe, middle-class Joe. On Lunchbox Joe? Yeah. Uh, and put under oath, both of those guys put under oath, not to mention, I think I'd call Adam Schiff. 
and find out what he knew and when he knew it and if, whether or not he worked with Eric Sharamella well, isn't to that concoct in, this. Thing. Isn't that interesting? Or the aides, at least the aides of Adam Schiff, right? Lades, like who yep. supposedly yeah. talked to him. Yep. I mean, I don't know. Adam Schiff would then have an opportunity to question himself. Which well, would, yes, that would be weird. Yes, would. Uh, it's weird because, uh, you know, uh, Ken Starr was the one who did the investigation, and he went under oath. Mm. He had to answer questions. Mm. Why, mm. why isn't mm-hmm. this guy having to answer questions? Right. He should. And under oath. So if you're going to lie about it, there's going to be consequences once this comes out. Uh, are there consequences? Are there? Yeah. Are there? Are there <laughs> probably not. consequences? No. Yeah, no, probably no. not. But in I, fantasy land, there are consequences. Yes, yes. In, this in land, the America that we used to have, <laughs> yes, there, yeah, there were some consequences. By the way, on our previous conversation, uh, Dale Earnhardt would, would probably ah, fall for this. Ah, Dale Earnhardt. That's a, that's, 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 yes. Look who's checking Dale their social Earnhardt. media or email. People are calling in. <laughs> they're emailing. They're tweeting. Yeah. Yes. Dale, uh, Dale Earnhardt okay. a, is one on that level. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not a car, I mean, I'm not a NASCAR big, guy, but, but still. NASCAR. That was huge. That was a huge one. Yeah. I mean, there's been a few of them, but it's pretty rare that you get to this. Yeah, uh, this it level. is. It really is. Yeah. So that that that's the that's the one I you know that we were able to come up with from the listeners. Okay. Um, w- when do they actually start talking about they they start to submit questions now, right? Today and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. When do they actually vote? Friday. Friday for witnesses. For yeah, witnesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, that can just take as long. We think that could take up to two to three weeks right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it's it's over once the witnesses are done yeah then, it's over then is he guilty or is he convicted or not you wouldn't believe what the mainstream media is if, well yes you would yes you would <laughs> um let me just uh let me just give you this on what uh they're saying what happens next this is this is good what happens next if the senate acquits well trump is unchanged oh. uh, unchained Everything we know about Trump's behavior suggests that he will view acquittal as vindication of his strongman tactics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Foreign actors get ready to be asked for political favors. That's what they called Muammar Gaddafi. I know. Strongman. Strongman. Yeah, yeah. And if Trump wins re-election in November, (laughs) Democrats won't have any means left to restrain him, having already exhausted their most powerful check on presidential power. Mm. Only the slow-moving judicial system will stand in his way now. The Constitution will be changed, they say. Trump's defense could set a precedent of that abuse of power isn't enough to impeach a president. It never has been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It never has been. They accused George Washington of abuse of power. They accused Adams and Jefferson and John Quincy Adams. And Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln. And most of the presidents, Wilson, mm-hmm. which I would agree with, but they never could impeach why? Because it sets up a parliamentary system. You can't have somebody, unless he breaks a law, mm-hmm. you can't have abuse of power. Because that just sets up, if you have a Congress uh, and a Senate that is on the other side, they just vote for uh, you know uh, impeachment, and he's out. It sets up going through presidents like Britain goes through prime ministers. Yeah. And our founders did not want that. So you have to have a crime. And it has to be a political crime. Now, you can disagree with the political side of it. Because that's our argument with perjury. It wasn't a political crime. And we said lying to the American people matters. 
but they didn't think so then. Mm-hmm. But that was an actual crime. There's no crime here. What they're saying is, we don't like this president. We don't agree with what he did. Well, that's tough. You have to let the people decide that. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. So what was the story coming out of uh, Virginia last week? Oh, my gosh. We just narrowly avoided disaster. If they wouldn't have put all those fences up, if they wouldn't have had the police presence out there, it would have been blood in the streets is what we would have is what we would have read. Thank goodness the uh, the progressive Republican or the progressive uh, Democratic governor rushed to the aid to make sure that no harm befell the great state capital or anybody else in Virginia. Unfortunately, there's something called freedom of the press. And according to the FBI's own court filings, there's a different story to tell. One in which white extremists stumbled from one surveillance trap to another without any awareness of what was really going on. The FBI had this this small group of three people under surveillance the entire time. But as if that's not enough, the New York Times, the Associated Press, and BuzzFeed centered around the arrest of three men, William Bilborough, uh, Brian Lemley, and Canadian national Patrick Matthews. They're all members of what's called The Base. Now, this is a white supremacist organization that interacts mostly online, aims to create a white ethno state. Now, the the media implied the group was arrested while planning an attack at the Virginia rally. That's definitely how the story's read. Yeah, that, that was the that was the deal. That was really what they did. Yeah. Yeah. According to the FBI documents that were submitted to court. No, that's not what happened. Hmm. At first. Now, it's three guys. It's three guys. Three. And uh, first, they decided not to go to the rally. They were going to go to the rally, and then they said no. And the FBI has all of this. They decided no. They're not going to start any violence. They were just going to wait in Delaware for the race riots to begin. And as soon as the race war began, they would be prepared. So during the rally, they were going to a shooting range in Delaware where they could practice their skills and make sure they were ready for the race war that they were sure was right around the corner. And then they would watch it and see who was participating in it and who those three could join. Records show police were long in position to present the, for, prevent these men from successfully attacking anyone. The FBI had been tracking their movements since, since September 2019 and installed video and audio recording devices inside their Delaware home. 
Here's the plan. As spoken from the leader to another one in the group, all on tape. Now listen to this and see if anything jumps out. So this, so like, this plan of mine, it was like, this is like an Adderall idea. I mean, I really, it didn't click until I took an Adderall. And then I was like, oh, crap, I got a plan. So uh, this is what I'm thinking. First of all, does that sound like a scary guy? Does that sound like a guy who could pull off anything? (laughs) Okay. Instead of going to Richmond, now listen up. Why don't we, like, take a look at a map? And find a gun range that's like in, you know, an outer county or a campground. We'll spend the weekend training and camping. And while we uh, pay close, close attention to the news and live streams. And uh, that way, if it's go time, we're already in position. And we can then watch and then link up with, you know, our, our whatever, our national socialist forces that happen to be there on the scene. Did you... Did you notice the words <laughs> na- national socialists? Huh. Did you? Huh. What does that mean? Hmm? There's no, uh, there's no candidate in, in the race here that is saying that they're a socialist, are they? There's no. none of those. No. Okay, good. They're probably, if they were, I will tell you this, yeah. on the Republican side, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, they, of course they are. The Republican socialism yeah. is a big thing yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah big, big, big. Mm-hmm. Well, While base members <laughs> did talk in vague terms about attacking the demonstration, attacking the demonstration now why would you attack the demonstration Hmm. you're attacking that the people that were in trouble were not inside the capitol the people that were in trouble were the ones standing for the constitution that bothered the white nationalists strange how that works yeah by the way it's nice that the governor the the state government disarmed all those people so if they were attacked they couldn't do anything they couldn't do a darn Mm -hmm. thing so matthews and lemley traveled to and from a maryland gun range where they intended to camp out during the rally um returning to their delaware residence and being arrested early in the morning january 16th Federal agents executed federal arrest warrants for Lemley and Matthews at the Delaware residence before Lemley and Matthews submitted to the agents. However, they both smashed their cell phones and dumped them into the trash can. Their activity was fully captured on video and audio surveillance installed in their home. That is why the governor declared a state of emergency. Incredible. Incredible. There's, I mean, that's nothing. It's nothing. And it was all under control. And not only was the FBI all over it, had them under constant surveillance. Not only that, they were national socialists Mm -hmm. that were going to attack the rally goers. You'll notice that uh, the governor wasn't talking about protecting the rally goers. He was talking about protecting the Capitol and protecting the people inside of the Capitol. He didn't give a flying crap that the evidence showed that the real target was the rally-goers. That is, I mean, how long is this going to last? How long is this going to last before the people finally just rise up and say, enough is enough? I mean, I think that there is a real chance that they lose Virginia, that Virginia goes to to Trump hard. Really? I mean, they just went big to the Democrats in 2018. Right, right. But that's but because the Republicans yeah. didn't – the Republicans failed. They didn't put up enough people that were good. They didn't have anybody that was really representing them. And I have to tell you, 
I know I'm really active as a constitutionalist. I know there's nothing that's going to stop me from voting because I know what I'm up against. If I'm in Virginia with this kind of stuff going on, are you not going out to the polls? A lot of this stuff moves reflexively as well. You know, if you are in a state where you're seeing massive pushback against your rights uh, as far as the Second Amendment goes, you're a lot of times those those elections bounce back the other way quickly. We saw that in Colorado over the past few years where mm-hmm. they passed a lot of big gun, gun restrictions and then elected some Republicans afterwards. You see that you see that a decent amount where it just snaps right back. Uh, so that could be something. I mean, Virginia has had some close elections lately. Some Republicans have almost won in that state. Uh, you know, it wasn't really a borderline state in the presidential election, but you could see that as a. Re- I mean, look, you not only have a guy who's dressing, you know, putting blackface on and somehow surviving the scandal as your governor. He's the guy who's saying abortion after birth is something we should consider. He's a guy with all sorts of Second Amendment restrictions. He's doing the Bernie Sanders playbook, right? He's going down that road. Not as far as Bernie would go, but he is on that road. On that road. Yes. And so there could be a big pushback against that. You had the governor saying last week, these people are not coming for a peaceful protest. They're coming to intimidate and to cause harm. He said that about the rally goers. He said everybody that's coming is just nothing but white nationalists. The governor knew because of the FBI. He knew that there were only three people, three, that were targeting the rally goers. And so what does he do? He declares a state of emergency, which the FBI would not have given him the indication, I'm sure, based on three people that, oh, yeah, you need a state of emergency, gave him all kinds of power. Then he come out, he comes out and he says they're here to intimidate and cause harm. No, they were there to intimidate and cause harm the, to the constitutionalist because they were national socialists. They were not against you, brother. GQ claimed bloodshed, great and heavy, and perhaps unprecedented on American soil, was narrowly averted. Mm. Oh, yeah. Was it? Unprecedented? In Virginia? <laughs> American bloodshed? in On Virginia soil? <laughs> unprecedented? At a rally? I think that's a hard one to make, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> you have a little history work yeah. that needs to be done yeah, on that I mean, one. I know you don't go past... You know, uh, uh, you know, 1970, but maybe go back uh, 110, 110 years. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Like listening to this podcast? If you're not a subscriber, become one now on iTunes. And while you're there, do us a favor and rate the show. All right, so let's look at the uh, polls. Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. Joe Biden yesterday came out and said, you know, it's important on who you pick as a vice president, but my pick for vice president really has to be carefully chosen <laughs> because I'm old. I don't think this guy wants to win. <laughs> it doesn't seem like I it just sometimes. Don't think, look, there's a lot of people saying that I'm corrupt. And hey, who knows? Could be. But vote for me. I mean, it's weird. It's an odd approach. I will say maybe it's smart to lean into it, you know, and just say, look, yeah, I mean, I got to make sure I pick up somebody because I am old. I mean, that everyone's thinking it. What are you going to do? Hide it? You know, <laughs> the information is out there that he's 712 years old. So you might as but well only, admit it. Only people are thinking that. Like, you do think of Bernie Sanders as old. 
But you look at him as a guy who's just like, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what he's taken. I Maybe he's got that Nazi, you know, super soldier drug that just keeps him going. He's been dead for 15 years, but he's just keep going. I mean, he seems like he's just, a heart attack didn't slow him down. Yeah. No, you he, know, he, Donald Trump, he's, he's, oh, totally, yeah. he's old, but he doesn't seem old at all. The only people are thinking it is because look at him. And it's his performance level, really, yeah, more horrible. than anything else. It horrible. just doesn't seem like he's as sharp as he needs to be. Right. It's not, I don't mean look at him like, look, yeah. at, he's got gray hair. Yeah, look at me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, he's in his 70s and you think, oh, well, he, he might not be healthy. It's not like he's, you know, it doesn't mean like you're like, oh, he's, he's going to have a heart attack and collapse. It's more of like, is he mentally Is he capable acute? of doing it? Yeah. And, and that, he's made such a rapid decline in yeah. four years. It's a little scary. What are the next four years going to be like? Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about here, we had these new polls have come out, and they come out in Iowa all the time. They're kind of all over the board, and it's so hard to make sense of what they mean. Why? Is it just mm. because polls suck? Like a legitimate question? Or is it just that they're asking all different people? How does this work? And there's a great example that just came out over the past couple of days. Two different polls. One poll showed, I think, Bernie Sanders up by seven or nine uh, over Joe Biden. And another poll coming out today uh, that shows Joe Biden leading by two. They're like right next to each other. They're both asking people in Iowa, what's the problem here? What's the flaw? And this is why a lot of times you see these polls with like wildly different results and it's easy to just kind of think well these they just don't know what the heck they're doing right they're just asking people and they're, they don't they're screwing this up that's kind of like how i used to feel about it there's a great example here of why that happens so it comes down to basically what the likely voter screen they're trying to figure out these pollsters who's likely to vote so if you went and you asked someone uh hey who are you gonna vote for they said bernie sanders and then you said how old are you i'm seven you know not to include that, Correct. right? Like, yeah. that's an yeah, easy yeah, yeah. likely right. voter screen. They're not right. likely to vote. They're right. not 18. Right. But it gets more complicated. So these two polls, listen to the difference. Way, in which way would you answer this? I don't even know. So one poll asked, are you going to caucus? Are you likely to go caucus? And those, the person said yes. Do you include those people in the poll? Yes. You think yes, right? Mm-hmm. The other poll also asked, are you likely to caucus? But then followed up with a screen to try to figure out whether they were telling the truth or not okay so the telling the truth here are the levels they had to fail all of these tests to not be included um it was uh are you going to the caucus are you going to the caucus was the first one mm-hmm. uh, then you have um this is a i'm scrolling down I, I, here we go um so did you vote in 2018 did you vote in 2016 uh, did you, um, did you, uh, let's see, where's the other one? Did you, did you, did, if you fail one of those? So like if I yeah. had, if I voted 2016, but I didn't vote no, in 2018. You only, get, you only have to get one of them. You only have to get one. You yeah. have to answer no on all of these. And it was, it, did you caucus in one of the years? And, um, I think it was where you registered in one of the other years. Okay. So again, you might say, well, this person didn't vote in 2016, one of the biggest presidential election years. Yes. They didn't vote this last time. Right. They weren't even, they didn't caucus in 2016. This, this person is not, not likely to vote. So yeah. one pollster says, we're not going to include them. Okay. So the people who say, we're not going to include those voters who didn't vote in those previous elections, that poll shows it very close with Joe Biden leading. 
The other poll that mm. does include people who never voted before, didn't caucus before, but say they're going to caucus this time, that one shows a big lead for Bernie Sanders. Okay, so now that makes sense on both ways. Yeah. Because Bernie Sanders people probably didn't do any of that stuff before because they didn't believe in it or they didn't think that they had the right candidate or they weren't old enough. Right. So... It could be that they just got excited by Bernie. It could be that correct. There's a million different reasons why correct. they might come out correct. to vote. However, so which one do you believe? They were, they are not reliable voters, probably. Right? They're people that didn't bother to show up two years ago in a very highly publicized election. They didn't caucus. They didn't go in 2016. Some of them might have been under 18, so that that would explain it. Mm-hmm. But some of them also might just not have been that interested in it. Are they going to be interested to go out and caucus this time? And it's a fascinating thing to see because the, these pollsters actually have to make really difficult decisions like that all the time. Right. Well, and, but you had to make the same. Bernie Sanders, yeah. in many ways, is the Donald Trump of the, of the left. He, he's bringing in new voters, people who haven't voted for a long time, people who have been disgusted by the system, people that have wanted to change. Those voters, yes, they are unreliable, but not if the candidate is strong enough to really make them believe he'll do these things. And Bernie Sanders is like Donald Trump. He will do those things. Yeah, I, I pulled a, an ad from, I think it was like Reddit uh, the other day, and it was an ad to people to support Bernie Sanders. And it was, it was titled as like, we've never had someone like this. It's true. This close to the presidency. Mm-hmm. They've never, I mean, this totally, when they were, the way this is written, Glenn, reminded me exactly of these James O'Keefe videos that keep coming out, of these people who are in the campaign who have never seen the possibility of a socialist in their entire lives to be president, and this guy is this close, and that, if he loses, imagine God only knows what these people are going to do. Imagine a, a libertarian, a real libertarian president who could be the nominee of the GOP. Do you know how the libertarians, they're not staying at home, and they may not have voted in 10 years or their Mm -hmm. whole life, but they would not stay home. I think the same thing is true with Bernie Sanders. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.